Hello and welcome, listeners, to a thing. Hi. Hello. Can you guess what this thing is, Kyle? This is another episode of Funk Radio. That's my favorite kind of thing. (laughs) Do you think people binge podcasts the way that they binge, like, Netflix and stuff? I think so. I think if you get into a habit of anything, you can consume it at a decent rate, especially if there's a bunch of ones you haven't heard before. I just imagine someone trying to binge our podcast and being just like, Jesus. Driven to madness within half an episode. Yeah. (laughs) They're just like, all there is is Peter and Kyle. Peter and Kyle are all. Well, if you have done that challenge, we'll call that the Funk Radio Challenge. Um, which is listening to more than one episode, Um, you'll know that that is your host, Kyle, and this is your host, Peter. Hi. Hello. Yes, but today we are not talking about people, Peter. Oh? We're talking about four-legged things. People? Or multi-legged things. I guess a person could be four-legged. Has a person ever been born with four legs? That'd be weird. I was just wondering that. I don't know. Uh, well, maybe that's a that's a future episode. Um, oh my god! Based on that don't reaction, th- I don't think I want to know. Don't look it up. I suppose this episode is sort of a um, follow-up to one we did a little while ago, which was Music for Plants. Yeah, true. Uh, we're talking about animals and music. Yes, and um, if animals listen to music... Do they care about music? Yes. So in doing research for this topic, there was a lot of, there was a lot of subjects that came up and I mean, we could have done an episode where we just touch on like all these different animal based music studies that have been done. Um, but there's a lot of them. It's way more than I even thought, but the one that ended up interesting me the most is, um, studies involving composers making music specifically for animals. And so it wasn't so much like, do animals react to human music, but can we make music to specifically elicit reactions from animals? Which I thought kind of, that was kind of more interesting. Like sheep songs or something. I don't know. Um, Well, we kind of saw something similar, at least with some composers with the plants thing too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, basically. In fact, there were a lot of examples of that. Go, yeah, go listen to our episode on music for plants, and it'll probably give a bit of context for this episode. You can do plants and then animals. Um, So, the main storyline that I came across that I thought was interesting actually was from this um, guy who's a composer named David Tay. Um, That's T-E-I-E, for those of you that want to Google it. Hmm. Um, and so he sought to study animal behavior and create music that appeals specifically to them. And he, he's a cellist. He, he's a, in like a big famous orchestra at some big famous, uh, music school. So he knows his shit. Mm -hmm. And he ended up partnering with two, um, psychologists that specialize in animal psychology, Charles Snowden and Megan Savage. Um, and he partnered with them with this specific goal of creating music for cats. Hmm. Um, not the movie cats, 
that was horrible. But actual cats. <laughs> For anyone who might have been confused by that. <laughs> well, the musical cats. Oh, thing. I get it. I get it. Okay. Come on. Uh, David Tay basically wanted to approach it from a sort of animal behavior standpoint and create music that had certain frequencies and tempos similar to the ones cats emit to communicate. Hmm. Uh, So basically when Tay was kind of approaching this, first he thought like, well, maybe I could, you know, mimic the the heartbeat speed of a cat or whatever Hmm. to elicit emotion for them because i don't know cat hearts but he found out that basically um in utero or in the in the cat mom's stomach uterus thing i know biology (laughs) um uh kittens actually aren't able to hear the mother's heartbeat just because of where the uterus is i guess in relation to the heart now little tiny tiny the kittens are which i didn't know that so Tay substituted this for this is kind of gross the sound of suckling for milk which is a sound that's pervasive in the infant development of cats hmm. kind of weird uh but i guess it makes sense um and his songs that he he uh, created actually included musical patterns that mirrored cat purrs and kitten mews or kitten meows hmm. the funny thing is he in, he actually recorded cats and kittens and whatever and to, to study the sound waves of you know the sounds they made you know decibels that they're at and, and waveforms and whatnot and he found that when cats purr that it's actually two different sounds happening at the same time hmm. so he incorporated that concept of like um layering multiple sounds on top of each on top of each other to create something mimicking a cat purr into his music yeah it's i i didn't really know how i don't know how cats purr but they do right (laughs) so basically guided by these different findings um as far as cat psychology and cat sounds david tay ended up writing two songs uh intended to relax cats make them calm uh so after he you know created these two pieces of music his two um colleagues uh snowden and savage ended up doing an experiment where they tested the sound on different pet cats Mm -hmm. um they ended up going to 47 different households that had cats and playing the music for them to see how they reacted and funny enough it's a pretty it's big a, testing group i know right i would just i would just get 47 cats in one room and just play it like a cat concert and see see what happened something tells me if you had 47 cats in one room that would just be chaos regardless of what music is playing <laughs> it's like well they like the song but they also killed each other <laughs> so uh, in this experiment of the 47 different households containing cats um they found that 77 percent of cats reacted positively to these songs that Tay had written. So, obviously, he was onto something. Mm-hmm. So, the way that they uh, initially conducted this experiment was uh, to have a, um, I don't know, I forget the the scientific term, but like the, um, 
the placebo where you know when like an experiment when you give someone something and then you give another group like like a control group thank you jesus <laughs> my like high school science failed me for a second yeah. um as a control thank you they would play two classical songs and then the two songs developed by tay for the cats um and when the researchers played the cat songs the cats were more likely to move towards the speaker or even rub up against it hmm. according to their study it's funny like after as after they did all this they ended up publishing their findings in the applied animal behavior science journal hmm. um there's tons of scientific journals out there and they all have weird names um so they published their findings in that in the animal behavior science journal in 2018 so yeah just for time context all of this stuff took place basically between 2016 and 2018 which is interesting because um i would have guessed it i mean i'm because you said at the beginning there were all sorts of different experiments so um Mm -hmm. this is really just one and you know a whole array of things we could have talked about today um because like with the plants thing i remember that going you know as far back as like the 70s yeah exactly so yeah this isn't even the first um animal-based experiment that david tay did he actually started off um this this hypothesis of creating music for animals he started off with monkeys um Mm. because they're a bit anatomically closer to humans um basically the experiment was successful in that they found that a majority of cats gravitated towards these this cat centric music that david tay created um the interesting thing about the study was that they found that young cats and old cats reacted most positively to the music, but middle-aged cats were more indifferent. And I kind of feel like this is people, too. Middle-aged people like us seem to not give as much of a shit about music as, say, young people and old people. Are we middle-aged? <laughs> Maybe in I, terms of I feel like music. it, Peter. I feel like it. That's pretty interesting, and... You know, at some point, I guess I should say how my cat reacted to this music. Oh yes, uh, so yeah, exactly, Peter. Uh, I I know I had I asked you sometime before this show, like if you could play some of the songs that David Tay created, because I wanted to kind of see how your cat reacted. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I, without knowing any of this context, really, you just sent me the link, and I just went ahead and played it. I mean, like, just hearing it myself, you know, I could definitely hear, like, I don't know if it was actually purring or something that resembled it, but that was pretty um, consistent throughout the music, I could tell. Mm-hmm. Um, the music overall was very, like, extremely mellow. Um, I guess anything that would be too shrill or, <laughs> you know, distracting might not be good for cats. So mm-hmm. um, I could definitely tell that it was something that cats generally would enjoy maybe we should actually play a clip of it while i'm talking about it yeah yeah let's play a little clip of one of the songs that he produced um called lolo's air um just so the listeners can get a little bit of context of what what we're talking about here and if your kitty also wants to be a listener listeners be sure to play this out loud
so as I was attempting to make a point, um, <laughs> you know, it, to me, I could tell that like that, that seems like something to me that makes sense that would be appealing to cats. Mm-hmm. Um, I played probably about 15 to 20 minutes of this album out loud mm-hmm. um, earlier when my cat was around. I, w- I was surprised that when I first started playing it, she was very attentive. All of this. Like she was basically asleep when I started playing it, but she pretty much immediately woke up and was kind of like just sitting up alert for a couple minutes. Like mm-hmm. she could definitely tell there was something different going on, <laughs> but after a few minutes, she kind of just left. <laughs> um, That's funny. And you know, I, I just left it playing, but I kind of made sure she was in the room just to see if they could, you know, get any other, noticeable reactions out of her but not really she kind of just went about doing regular cat stuff and being nice to me but like i don't feel like the music made any difference with that so but she the a note to make here is that she's about nine and a half years old so for a cat that's pretty much right in the middle of age Mm -hmm. um so that could be why she didn't react too noticeably Mm -hmm. overall um, yeah, I was so I was, unfortunately I don't have much else interesting to say about that. No, it's it's funny because after I asked you to do that, I was kind of thinking the same thing. I'm like, I was like, Peter's been in Portland. I was trying to do the math, and I'm like, so um, she might be like a middle aged cat, so I, she might not react as well. Um, so you you'll have to come back and do this experiment again in like five years. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, but I did this, so there was definitely not any like negative reaction to it it was kind of like oh that's interesting and then like yeah whatever um which is pretty much the most cat-like reaction you can have to anything now do you often play music out loud in your apartment or is it not something you do as much not when you could, usually. Like, compare it to her reaction to other music um not too often so i don't really have a control there that much i mean it's i would say a portion of the time i do play stuff out loud but mm-hmm. um it's not like I was playing something else and then I switched to that. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Um, well, that's interesting. And it's funny It's funny you mentioned because you said, like, you know, you listened to the music and it was, I, I, I would assume you were saying it's, it was semi-relaxing for you to listen to as well. Yeah, I mean, it's not something I would listen to just on my own. Yeah, exactly. It's a little bit experimental, I guess, for my taste, but <laughs> it wasn't bad. But- but um, the the funny thing for that is that when the uh, Tay composed this, he used real normal instruments like cellos and harps and pianos and flutes, mm-hmm. um, and then just used them in a way to sort of mimic certain cat sounds, but also make it pleasing for humans to hear. And the thing that I found interesting with this, and possibly why your cat perked up. Mm-hmm. was he mixed in tracks that had what are called ultrasonic frequencies, which are really, really high frequencies that only cats can hear. Oh. And he also used sped-up instrument sounds like a harp to create to recreate the sound of purring, but with instruments rather than... Oh, so um, it was recreated then. I couldn't, I couldn't really tell whether it was real or not. I didn't realize there were frequencies going on that were beyond human hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, by definition, I would not have realized that. Um, but yeah, I'm curious how that affects the listening experience for the cats then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I am kind of curious how they tested for some of that because, um, as we've discussed in previous episodes about speakers, 
Speakers mm. usually top out towards the high end of human hearing ability. So I'm curious if those higher frequencies would even have come come across on like a normal set of home speakers. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Unless they were testing it with like special scientific speakers that yeah. had a wider range. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that even at like 22,000 hertz, a lot of humans probably can't hear that. So it may be still well, right. Like the even cats, a, but... Yeah, even adult humans can't hear. I mean, I'm trying to remember, because I looked this up again a couple weeks ago because that episode we did last time had mm-hmm. some relevance to this. But I think, so like we've, we've said multiple times on the show that the high end of human hearing is what, like 20,000 hertz? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, if I remember, I'm not looking it up at the moment, but I think adults it can only hear something like 17,000 hertz or something. So, yeah, like, uh, not, not even all humans can hear that full range, let alone. Mm-hmm. Well, do, do you yeah. remember when we were in high school and ringtones were still a thing and there'd always be that one kid in class that would have the ringtone that's like really high pitched. So adults oh, aren't God, supposed yeah. to hear it and it fucking drove everyone else nuts. Yeah. It's that. like, we can hear that, and it's really annoying. <laughs> I wonder if we could hear that now. Probably not. I'm deaf. Uh, I, that mostly concludes at least this experiment that this um, David Tay was uh, attempting with cats. The funny thing is, for the experiment, he, uh, he only produced two songs, but then after seeing the positive reaction of not only cats, but cat owners, he ended up crowd, uh, starting a crowdfunding campaign to produce a full album. Um, hmm. And he basically wanted to create music for cats that people could put on while their cats were home alone or, say, in a car ride to keep them from being stressed out. Mm-hmm. And so that's what led him to produce the album that I sent you. I think it's just music for cats. Um uh, yeah, it was called Music for Cats Album 1, released in 2016. Mm-hmm. So yeah, any cat owners out there, I guess, um, the album's on Spotify, so you can play it for your own cats and mm-hmm. uh, see what they do. There's also Music for Cats Album 2 from 2018. So Cat Boogaloo? Twice, yeah, twice the kitty jams. I read in one of the articles that and I don't know if he's still working on it, that he was working on an album for dogs as well. Hmm. So all Might the be dog an interesting out, uh, follow-up episode. Yeah. So all the dog owners out there can look forward to that album dropping at some point. Nice. So Albums the, for doges. <laughs> so obviously, you know, it, this was successful, you know, in the way yeah. you put it together, right? Because uh, did they say, oh, no, yeah, it was 77% of cats reacted positively. So that's... A pretty solid amount. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know whether the remaining percentage of cats like reacted badly, or were they just kind of indifferent? It it was. I would assume it was mostly indifference, or maybe like their behavior was uh, not distinguishable enough to tell. Like, okay, yes, they are reacting positively. Kind of like in my case. Um, yeah, okay. I would imagine it would depend a little bit on the personality of the cat too. If the cat's more skittish of humans. Mm. Uh, then, you know, having people in lab coats or whatever come in and play music, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's actually a really good point. <laughs> and, and like I said, it, it, they did find that middle-aged cats seem to not react as positively, so that could have been part of it as well. Yeah. Um, huh. 
Yeah, I mean, it wasn't bad listening, like, as a, speaking as a human, as I often do. Um, <laughs> it wasn't bad music or anything. It's not one of those things where, like, oh, it's scientifically intended for this one exact purpose, but to anyone else yeah. who's not that thing, it's going to sound horrible. Well, it's um, uh, it's the same as the music for plants. Like, they made it for plants, supposedly, but it, I mean... It's compatible with human listeners. Just like our show. It was just weird, and I wouldn't purposely listen to it. Yeah. But, you know, if someone put me in a room with this music playing, I wouldn't, like, claw my eyes out or anything. True. Um, how's that for a review? <laughs> so, yeah, if any of your listeners or cat owners out there, go and look up the album and play it for your cat and let us know if they attacked you because of it. I do remember one time when I was a kid, my aunt had cats, and there was one cat that, like, my younger cousin was, like, annoying, and the cat, in order to get away from him, decided to climb up me with its claws, (laughs) and it hurt really bad, and I was sad, and I think I cried because I was, like, six or seven. Is this the same cat from Kitty Bowling? No, that was my cat. (laughs) No, this was a different cat. No, my my cat did not. That that experiment proved that cats do not like to be bowling balls. <laughs> uh, man, well, I don't on know that if I ever note, told that story on here, but well, that's that's for our premium listeners. Yeah, on it, Patreon. You, I was gonna say, yeah, donate to our Patreon, and you can hear about kitty bowling. <laughs> oh God! Terrible. Exclusive content. Oh God. So, if that exists at some point in the future, listeners, uh, we'll let you know. Um, thanks for being a listener, whether you're a human or a cat. Uh, this this has been your host, Peter. And this has been your host, Kyle. And you have been our host, the listeners. Bye, we love you. <laughs> <laughs>